Today we're continuing our series this summer on Beloved Hymns. And hard to believe, but next week is our final week of the series. Uh, but we'll be complete, concluding it with a hymn doubleheader of Great is Thy Faithfulness and How Great Thou Art. Uh, two hymns, each beloved in their own right, but with a similar overall theme uh, and, and sharing many of the same scriptural allusions. For today, though, we turn to the beloved Fanny Crosby hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, also known as This is My Story. To explore the significance of this hymn in our first lesson, we turn to a passage from uh, Titus, one of the pastoral letters, which, along with some good advice for today about avoiding quarrels and stupid controversies, it also articulates how Christ's saving death and resurrection has saved us by grace rather than works and has made us, as the hymn will say, heirs of salvation. In our second reading, we turn to Revelation, which we've turned to many times during this series, as John describes Christ's atonement, his uh, saving death and resurrection, but also the hope of Christ's final victory over all that stands against God's will of love, justice, and peace. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the first chapter of Revelation, beginning with the fourth verse. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Fanny Jane Crosby is among the most celebrated American hymn writers, writing such favorites as To God Be the Glory, Near the Cross, and I Am Thine. Though it's today's hymn whose first verse has found a, found a place on Crosby's own tombstone. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. In her autobiography, Crosby shares that these words came to her while visiting a friend named Phoebe Knapp. Knapp was playing a new melody she had written on the piano, and the, quint, the hymn quickly wrote itself for Crosby. Our hymnal companion and commentary notes that, as is the case with many beloved hymns, its words are not always carefully examined for what they might be saying. Case in point of this is in the first line in the title of the hymn in our hymnal. I'm talking, of course, about the notion that Jesus is mine. It 
may not seem like an odd choice of words in the context of singing the hymn, but when you examine the words on their own, it has sort of a funny ring to it, doesn't it? It has a personal, an exclusive, maybe even a possessive feeling to it. Jesus is mine and therefore not yours. Think of uh, Miss Piggy of the Muppets. Me, 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 me. To be fair, I don't think, nor do our hymnal commentators believe, that Crosby intended this statement uh, in such a way. Yet the statement merits a little reflection on this tension between one's personal as well as a communal relationship with God. Most of Scripture reflects a communal relationship between God and God's people. It certainly fit the worldview of the time in the ancient Near East. In the Old Testament, God often relates to all of Israel collectively. In the New Testament, the idea of a community of believers, soon to be known as the church, takes hold quickly in how God's Spirit is present and at work in the world. Yet there are times when the reflection and experience is between the individual and their experience of God. Many of the Psalms would fall into this camp, as would the experience of the individuals healed by Jesus in the Gospels, or think of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. In the Song of Solomon, the writer says, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. Probably the closest scriptural connection to this line. You know, it's hymns like this one that remind me that we really need both. We need both the personal and the communal expression of how we experience God. If our reflection is all communal, then we deprive ourselves of a deep and abiding relationship with God. If our reflection is all personal, it might lack the depth and warmth of experiencing God in community as we're doing in worship right now. There are times in the Christian life when personal experience with God is truly needed. And there are others where we can feel surrounded by, uh, by community and experience God and God's love that way. Crosby didn't, doesn't seem to intend this uh, personal statement, Jesus is mine, to be exclusive. Rather, I think she seems to be reflecting that Jesus is mine is her own joyful experience of this blessed assurance of life eternal with God. Her experience of the abundant love and grace of God in Christ has allowed her to boldly claim it as her own. It doesn't mean that it's just her own or only her own. Rather, she has been able to claim the all-encompassing love of Christ as her own. And it's clear that her personal experience of the living God has become all of ours through this hymn that has lived on long after her death. Our scripture lessons are among uh, many that inspire her reflection here. Our first reading says that through Christ we have been made heirs to the hope of eternal life, or as her hymn will say it, heirs of salvation. Both lessons also relate to a big theme of Crosby's reflection, atonement, which if, uh, is really a fancy theological term to describe how we receive God's grace and mercy through Christ. 
Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm not crazy about some of the atonement language Crosby uses here, such as being purchased of God or washed in the blood of Christ. Yet, as our readings tell us, they are among the scriptural images of what Christ accomplished for us through his crucifixion and resurrection. It's important to note, as Presbyterians, we acknowledge the myriad ways scripture attributes Christ's death on the cross. From a ransom for sin, to reconciliation with God, to simply God's love poured out and magnified. We realize that none of these images can fully capture the wonder and mystery of this act of God's love for us in Jesus. In a similar way, Crosby's hymn seems to weave together several of these images rather than use a singular one to illustrate the wondrous love of God magnified through Christ's death and resurrection. The hymn is probably best known for its refrain. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. As I shared with you a couple weeks ago, if you remember, when we explored the hymn, I Danced in the Morning, or Lord of the Dance, Narrative or storytelling hymns have really made a comeback in the last 50 years as a way of addressing biblical illiteracy, as a way of teaching the Bible stories through song. What's interesting is that our hymn today, with its most memorable refrain, This is My Story, does not actually tell a story, at least not in the traditional rendering of the word. So a fair question might be, what is this story? What's my story? What's our story? While this hymn does not tell a particular story from the Bible or even Crosby's own life, it does bear witness to a deeper story. The story between God and humanity through Christ. Rather than a simple retelling of a story of Scripture or one's life, Crosby's story feels more like a mosaic, giving many different tableaus or glimpses of what this blessed assurance of God's love and grace looks like. Taken together, um, these these tableaus form form together a, a story on their own. And it's a story reflected in our readings today of God's love poured out for us in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a story of God's victory over everything that separates us from God and one another as told through John's revelation. It's no individual story. It's a story of God and humanity. Of God seeking us out, reconciling with us through Christ. Yet what I love about this hymn is its insistence that this universal shared human story becomes truly life-giving when an individual lives into and calls it their own. When one joins in Crosby's refrain, singing, this is my story, this is my song, we join in a chorus of the great cloud of witnesses who have come before us. We claim with confidence that through Christ we have been made heirs of salvation, We've been made priests of God's kingdom that will have no end. 
But at the same time, this universal shared story takes on a slightly different shape for each person and their own story. As I said before, this hymn sort of creates a mosaic of different tableaus illustrating the story to help us join into and call it our own. I think the most fitting image for this hymn is that of a patchwork quilt. Now, I'm not just saying that because it's one of those good, favorite, old-fashioned hymns. In our narthex uh, out there, you'll find a wonderful patchwork quilt made as an expression of gratitude to WPC by the Haymarket Quilters Group, who meet regularly in our fellowship hall. Several years ago, I attended a conference that's put on by our denomination's pension board called Credo. This is a wonderful experience, and I I believe I've shared uh, about it with you before from the pulpit, but what I want to talk about a little bit is the initial uh, presentation and uh, talk that our retreat leader gave. He began our time together with this big bag from which he pulled out a patchwork quilt he received from his grandmother as a child. That many, many different fabric squares pieced together like most patchwork quilts do. He shared how his grandmother would create um, this quilt by taking so much time deciding which fabric pieces to use to put together that together would represent the person receiving the quilt. All these years later, he shared that the quilt continues to remind him of the love, comfort, and warmth of his family. He shared how each of our lives, and talking to a group of pastors, how each of our ministries are much like a patchwork quilt. No two are really the same. They're different colors and patterns, different people along the way that that form it together for you, that uh, make Uh, that that really help you tell your story. In a similar way, just as this hymn pieces together different tableaus or fabric squares illustrating the greater story of God's love for us in Christ, our joining into the song and claiming it as our own looks different for each of us as it becomes part of our own story. But, at the same time, as we join into Crosby's beloved refrain, claiming the story as our own, we're reminded that through God's love for us in Christ, we also have been woven together into a great patchwork quilt that we understand as the kingdom and reign of God, of which we have been named as heirs, as priests of this reign that will have no end. Friends in Christ, our blessed assurance of God's love and grace means that we have been included in the great patchwork quilt of God's kingdom, each of us and together as the children of God. We've been made heirs of this kingdom, this reign of God, this reality of God's love that can and will overcome all the wrongs of our world. In this time of pandemic, and as we continue to to pray and struggle with everything going on in Afghanistan and Haiti, of flash floods and hurricanes, disease and suffering. We can trust in our story. We can trust in our song. 
our blessed assurance that Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, that God is the Alpha and Omega. We can find comfort that one day everything that stands in God's way of love and peace, anything that separates us from God and one another, whether it's disease or pain or suffering or war or division, all these things will one day be no more when Christ returns and God's reign culminates on heaven and earth. Friends, this is my story. This is your story. This is our story. May we boldly sing and proclaim it as our own, as our story and song that others too might join in, claim these promises as their own, and find themselves wrapped into the warmth and love of God, experienced personally, but also together in community. May it be so, friends. Amen.